Welcome to Ring the Bell, the podcast of the Masters of Marketocracy. I'm your host, Tony Mitchell, and today we'll talk about the Fed's actions this week and uh, comments around their actions. We'll talk about the market's PE level and the latest earnings reports. Joining me tonight, Gordon Lamb, John Archer, Kyle Harden, Glenn Brownworth, and Dan Wyman. Guys, if we could start off, I'd like to get some thoughts on what you think about the uh, Fed's quarter point rate increase. Uh, obviously, it was very expected, but uh, the comments came out and uh, the market rallied. Who wants to start? I can start. I just I just feel like um, everybody knew this was coming. The Fed said we're still serious about inflation and the market reacted to what? I don't know. Um, it just started to, you know, the bond market obviously dropped, market rallied, and it, it, people still don't believe what the Fed has to say. That's what that tells me. <laughs> so um, I believe them. I think they're going to keep going. I think inflation's going to, you know, it's really easy to get it down to three or four uh, percent. At some point, they're going to have to abandon their two percent mandate and um, just to stabilize markets because it's they have to do too much damage to get it to two percent. It's, yeah, uh, I, I agree, Tony, with uh, with Dan, that I that you have to take the Fed at its word that it'll continue to increase rates. I think perhaps that the market uh, reacted today to the 25 basis point increase as opposed to the previous 50 basis points and the four 75 basis point increases that have come over the last few months. So. Uh, that could be part of it, but I uh, I do think uh, they got blindsided uh, with this idea of a transitory uh, nature of, of the uh, inflation, and uh, I think they're pretty serious about keeping, uh, you know, keeping rates at a point where they've got to keep inflation um, low. And, and I think he certainly reiterated that point, especially as he opened up his speech. Um, however, when I looked at the statement uh, and the words that were changed in it and listened to Chairman Powell, um, I heard some a little bit of dovishness coming across, a little, a lot of acknowledgement that there was progress being made. Did anybody else kind of view it like he was getting a little bit more dovish? Well, we've been doing 75 basis points so many times and everybody's been freaked out and inflation has gone from, I think it was 9.1% to 7.1%. And I think it's down in the sixes somewhere now. Is that true? Year so, over year, I think you're close it, right there. Yes. So it's kind of, he's doing the job and I know it's a catch 22 in the Fed, but he's, he said, I'll do it a little bit with that 25 basis points, but that's a lot less than 75 which means mm -hmm. that it's kind of on the right, like you, like you talked about the soft landing. He wants that gradual curve, but to get to 2%, like you say, he's gonna have to raise it to like 9% or something like that to, to get down to those levels. It took decades to get to 2%. So it's like, he's trying to be aggressive, but he's kind of, like you said, he's kind of backing off a little bit because I, I think they're making progress with bringing inflation down. You don't want to be in Turkey right now. What is it, 110% inflation or some other ridiculous number? So. Lockwood, you'll you'll take you'll take American inflation, and I think uh, so. It was two quarters of negative growth, but the last quarter was 2.9%. Is that correct? Something around there. So 
I don't think we're in a recession, or if we were, it was a very short one. That's my opinion. Well, I know Jim Cramer's starting to call it a bull market. Um, and, and, and he's indicating that what he sees are signs of the bear market ending by the reactions of stocks. And certainly Meta gave us a nice surprise and, and jumped like uh, I haven't seen many stocks jump in a, in a long time. Um, so there's something going on in the market to be to be said for that. Yeah, yeah, Tony. So typically in a in a true bear market, you don't see those types of jumps, right? Bear markets, you know, obviously you see a lot of sideways. Obviously you see down. Um, you see some fake outs, you know, to the upside, but typically you don't see large jumps to the upside. Um, so so I, I don't wouldn't say necessarily that we're starting a bull market at this point. Um, I think, you know, we, we've seen um, things that we expect as far as the, you know, the Fed, you know, with the, with the quarter uh, basis point. Um, and that's and I think that was already priced in. Right. So you see the market's positive reaction to that. And, and a lot of companies, whether you're looking at Meta, whether even if you're looking at Amazon, it's not like the numbers are terrible. Right. Maybe they are not meeting some of the expectations for growth. But if you look at a lot of Amazon's growth, I mean, they're still growing significantly in some of the areas. They may just had higher expectations, you know, like they grew, I think, 20% in, in, in digital advertising, but the expectation was like 25%. But but 20% growth is still really significant and showing positive, you know, increase over here in Amazon Web Services was the same way. So while there are areas of concern, I think you are still seeing a lot of positive areas from some of these companies, Meta included. And so I think you can see reactions because I think in, in tech especially, I think some of the, uh, there was overreactions to some of the layoffs and some of what people saw as bad news. And now they're realizing it wasn't as bad from a company, you know, from an enterprise perspective as what people previously thought. Uh, great points. I, I agree. It's uh, everybody's been scared of this earnings season and we're definitely getting uh, some some positive, a few, few negative reports, mm -hmm. but uh, it's very mixed. and. Um, and, and, and some really good things happening from it. Gordon, are you seeing it any, any differently? Um, from the uh, Fed's comments, um, I see it as a, as a positive thing, whereas basically uh, they're still going to continue to raise rates. And it looks like their aggressive rates that they've been raising is starting to work and they're seeing uh, inflation come down a bit. And I think that's when they're going to start slowly kind of hitting the brakes. And I initially thought that maybe it'll happen in around June and things might start butting up, but it looks like it's, it's starting right now. Uh, basically, I'm trying to get out of all my defensive stocks, like the dividend stocks, and then I'm, I'm trying to pour into uh, the tech that got heavily hit, uh, things like Meta, um, Amazon. So I'm getting in back into those names. So I'm, I'm curious. A lot of those stocks you just mentioned, like Meta and the tech stocks, have already had such a nice pop in January. So you think it's going to continue? It, you know, we we had a huge run today, right? Like Meta was up about 25%. It might pull back a bit, but I feel that it's going to continue. When I look at the S&P 500 and, you know, it's 24-month um, chart, it's actually starting to change and head towards an upward trend. And when, when I look at all the other stocks, I see people getting out of defensive stocks like Walmart, McDonald's was down today, Ross's was down. 
those are all defensive stocks in a recession and everyone's pouring back into tech. Good point. Um, and it leads us to my next uh, talking point about the market's PE and it's trading at about 17 times right now. So there's a lot of analysts talking about projections on earnings in the S&P and whether we're going to come in at 200 or 250 and what that puts us at with a PE. So Dan, what are your thoughts on the PE of the market right now for where we've been and the fact that we're still tightening? Isn't 17 a little bit on the high side already? It certainly feels that way, right? Like you, you never really have seen the market. I mean, tech has gotten hammered. Um, but those, a lot of those companies, their earnings weren't there anyway. So, um, but yeah, I, I think um, it still feels a little rich. But, you know, as I start to do bottom up analysis, I'm still finding some value here and there. You know, I think, it, you know, you're not going to make those fantastic gains, but if you make 10, 12% with the PE at 17, that feels okay. Um, that that would be okay for sure, especially after 2022. Um, <laughs> anybody else have a thought on the, the PE of the market right now and where they think it can go or if they think it's too high? That's the thing with a lot of the tech companies. A lot of them have PEs like NVIDIA and Tesla and AMD. Their PEs are still what you would think is traditionally way, just way overpriced, right? But that's after a year and a half of just being pummeled. It's kind of hard to actually value it the way companies used to be valued. Back well, Glenn, you, you mentioned Tesla. Yeah. I, I, I can tell you that where it was earlier at one point today, 195, I wanted to short Tesla. And uh, it was trading at about a 50 PE, to your point. Yeah. So a lot of you have had or hold Tesla in your portfolios. Um, how, do, how do you feel about Tesla right now, if you haven't? Yeah, I'm, I think it's maybe a little cheap. I mean, they just put up a number. They just put up 51% revenue growth over the past year. Ridiculous. Um, <laughs> it's I mean, worst economic year. And you're, and you're not even talking about um you know the uh cyber truck coming online later this year the semi um, you know the semis just hitting production um they're gonna have a, a couple announcements this year you know new vehicle platform those are the type of things that you know are going to drive the stock um and they're they lowered prices and they're still guiding to 20 percent gross margins yeah. um it's really crowding out that kind of um their advantage in producing cars is way ahead of the other automakers. If you're looking, Ford's got a gross margin of what, 10%? Um, and that's before the price war starts. Tesla starts at 32% when the price war starts yeah. and they're guiding to 20. So I don't know, I think they're, um, they're playing defense right now. They're pushing some of those other automakers that are trying to get into EVs. They're trying to crowd them out a little bit. So yeah, mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a believer, I think, um, a PE of 50 sounds right for, for Tesla right now. You but, you make some good points, but that PE still scares me. Has anybody else hold Tesla and, and want to take a different view? It's no? scary with the PE, but yeah, it's like there aren't too many companies that have those profit margins. And he could say, I'm going to cut prices right now and just F with everybody in the market. And he could do it <laughs> and still have massive markets and massive yeah. margins, I mean, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for, for companies like Tesla, I usually ignore the PE or like an Amazon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it just, 
if you try to make the math work, it it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, Amazon's been expensive since it started. Right. Yeah. It's, all, it's always too expensive to buy. So if you speaking, want to buy the key, you never would have bought it. Speaking yeah. of Amazon, Amazon, Apple, Google, Ford all reported today after the bell. Um, actually, all of them were were down a little bit. There was mixed results, um, but there were a lot of misses. Uh, Ford hit on revenue, missed on earnings, um, and, and it was across the board between all of them. Certainly not like yesterday with Meta blowing out of the water. Um, any thoughts on those? I know we have a lot of holders, at Apple, Amazon, and Google here. Well, you know, I was speaking to Amazon a bit earlier, and, you know, while they did have mixed results and, and they missed some of the expectations, you know, I, I think when you look at the broader market, I still thought what they reported genuinely was, was positive. And, and so I, I know there was a little bit of disappointment in the market with some of the, the missed guidance. Um, but I think from a longer term perspective and looking forward, you know, from that with, with the, the pullback, I, I think still, I mean, Amazon is, is a very defensible company and not only their package delivery, but the Amazon Web Services. We're seeing increased utilization of Amazon Web Services year over year significantly. And, and as a, a number of companies, you know, we see everybody's talking about like chat GPT and AI and, and trying to have all these different startups in that space. Well, they're not going to go out and build, you know, web, you know, uh, servers and data centers, right? They're, they're going to use somebody like Amazon Web Services and that growth is only going to increase. And you're talking about, you know, really we're only three major players, you know, in that space. Right. Um, I, I continue to see Amazon as a strong company to hold for the longer term. AWS demand is relatively inelastic, right? If you're running your company on it, you can't just lower, say, we're going to turn it off tomorrow to save some money. It'll take you a year or two just to pull it out, right? Right. Yeah. And it's it's not easy to switch, right? It's not like yeah. it's plug and plug and play and say, oh, I want to go over here and, and work with Google, right? I mean, yeah. it, it's very complicated um, yeah. and, and it's easier for companies to scale up. I mean, it's to their advantage to use something like AWS which is why you still see significant growth quarter over quarter, year over year into to Amazon Web Services. Yep. Anybody have any thoughts on Apple's uh, report today? They were the, the latest to report today. I know we have some Apple holders. Well, I don't hold them, but my concern is that their biggest factory in China, the Foxconn factory, everybody ran away and half the, everybody's gone. So, Amazon, I'm not, Apple needs to rebuild their supply chain network in the next three or four years because China is just, it's its just not working well for them. And they've resisted for years, but now it's going to hurt them. But how much is it going to hurt them? You know, they're going to go build in India maybe, or maybe in Brazil. Who knows? But it'll take them a while. They got the money for it, right? Yeah, I mean, they, they have started, you know, in India. They, they've, you know, done some additional in uh, Australia, so they are looking at some diversification there, but to, to Glenn's point, you know, it's not something that's immediate. You know, I think it was a number of, a large number of iPhones, iPhone, I think 14s were, were built in India, and so they are working on diversifying that supply chain, um, but, it, but it certainly is, has been a risk, you know, for them, um, but Amazon's one of those companies where the ecosystem is, is very strong, and, you know, a lot of times, you know, there may be some short-term pain, uh, that impacts their stock, but I tend to see those as buying opportunities because <laughs> Apple Store is the only store that stays packed all year round. 
I, I agree, and, and I think that, you know, your comments about Amazon are very similar to comments about Apple in a lot of ways, and uh, they are building in India, and I think uh, in the next year or so, we'll hear an announcement about a car, and I think it'll pop at that time, and I tend to agree that I'm out of it right now, but if it pulls back under 130, I'll probably get back into it again. Um, guys, we have just a few minutes to wrap up here. Uh, so if we can go around the horn, Glenn, if you want to start, uh, how about one last thought, either a favorite stock pick or a call on the market? Uh, what what are you thinking right now that, that would be the most useful to our listeners? <laughs> um, I don't know. Believe in the, the, the concept of American financial markets, because look anywhere else on earth and you wish you actually were in this chaos versus what they have in other countries. Um, I don't know. I'd probably go with somebody like, uh, I think I mentioned this last time, Enphase. They make inverters for solar panels. And even though solar has its issues, it's it's coming and the Kager for solar is something like in the 95% range. It's even above electrification. So that and uh, SJ Smuckers, because they own the pet, they own a, what is it, pet, Petco? Purina. They own Purina. That's what it is. And SJ Smuckers actually makes more money off of pet food than they make off of jelly. And they're one of the best companies to work for. Yeah. So that's a long-termer. Those are my two ideas. They, they <laughs> pay a nice uh, little dividend too, uh, yeah. Smuckers does. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Glenn. John, John um, any last comments? Yeah, I'm, I'm turning more um, bullish. Uh, last month, I was a little uh, more defensive. And my pick for the best stock uh, this year was Alphabet. And uh, when we met a, a month ago, it was trading at 86 bucks and some change. And I think today it was 107 or somewhere in that range. I haven't seen it after hours, but uh, you know, roughly a 23% gain in in 30 days, which uh, I hope will continue. But uh, you know, Are you I think Alphabet about is. Are you concerned about the uh, regulatory issues that they're they're running into and the antitrust uh, lawsuits against them? Not not a bit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Hey, good, 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 <laughs> you know, I I think Alphabet's a pretty good value. There's a lot of a lot of concern in the streets about that. They did pull back just a little bit today after their earnings report, but I think it's a pretty good value myself. So, good call. Good call. Uh, Gordon, uh, last comments. Um, I just bought some uh, Carnival Cruise Line today, CCL. Um, I see people getting back into traveling. I think they recently lowered um, the requirements for having testing. And so um, airline tickets are, are cheap, cruise lines are cheap, and people are starting to want to travel again. Um, Carnival Cruise Line has been beaten down probably for the last 18 months or so. Um, the other tech stocks have already run off, but Carnival Cruise, um, they haven't really been in the spotlight, so it's still relatively cheap at $12 a share. Uh, I was hoping to get some at below 10, but that never happened. And it looks like it's, I'm looking at the options and I see a lot of people buying options contract at the price of 24. So that means that they're anticipating that Carnival Cruise Line will double in price in about 12 months. So one of the options expirations for next year, are they long-term options? 
Uh, they're they're a leap option, so they basically expire in about a year, in January of 2024. All right. Interesting call. Thank you, Gordon. Uh, Dan, what what do you have for us as a last comment? Yeah, one one of the the companies I've held for a long time is Mastercard, and you know I I don't pay much attention to it because it just sits in my portfolio and just like a keeps growing engine running in the background, right? Um, but you look at their earnings and their you know, the revenue growth is there. Uh, I think they grew, what, 18% year over year revenue wise. Um, they buy back a ton of stock. If you look at the adjusted earnings per share, which kind of gets rid of the noise from acquisitions and things like that, their adjusted diluted EPS grew at um, 34% year over year. You know, that's a company that's got a 36 PE that buys back a ton of stock. Um, you know, it feels like a value to me at this price. Um, and, and, you and I saw John, really... our retired banker, shaking his head yes the whole time you were saying yeah, MasterCard. I mean, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, it just sits there and keeps doing its thing. And it's a toll booth company, um, a toll kind of company. They're just going to make a little bit on every transaction. The data they collect is incredible. Um, I think it's just a great stock to hold for the long term. Great. So great. For a company like that, it's expensive. Like say the Googles and the Teslas, when they get to an expensive point, how long do you? How long would you pursue them? Like if they went to four or five hundred a share, is there a point where you would back off and say I don't anymore? You know, if they're getting above maybe that forty PE, maybe you yeah. start to say I don't, I don't like it as much. But I mean, even at even at this valuation, it, it's maybe a little rich. But the company is just so solid. You you just yeah. don't. It's still gonna. I think it's still going to beat the market in the long term. Yeah. So it's almost a hedge against inflation by buying the company, even if it's Absolutely. not going to launch. That's a really that. good point, too. Yeah. It's a great hedge. Okay. Thank, thank you, Dan. Kyle, what's your last thoughts for us? Yeah. So my last thoughts are, you know, one of the hot spaces right now is really AI as a service. You know, so we talked about chat GPT just a bit uh, earlier. Uh, if you look at all the photo editing apps that people are using that are using AI, um, and that demand for that type of service is going to increase. And we talked about the need for the data centers, right? But aside from the data centers, we also need the GPUs. And so one of my previous stocks that we talked about, I think back in December, you know, my like stock for the year was NVIDIA, and we've seen tremendous growth already this year. And it certainly is probably on the higher side now. I think it's at like 217. It's all-time high is probably around like 300 or so. So the one I would look at at this point uh, for getting into for a better entry point is AMD. AMD is I think around like $88 and it's all time high was more around like the 160, 170 range. So I think it's got a lot more room to run this year. Uh, even though I still hold Nvidia in higher regard, I think AMD is at a better entry point for this year. And, and really any of the other higher end GPUs I think is is a great place to be, not just for the short term where all the VCs and everybody's trying to figure out how they can get into AI as a service, but AI and, and you know just all the online gaming, everything is going to continue to grow. The GPUs are using the self-driving cars and, and everything else. So, I mean, it, it's just going to be a space that's going to continue to grow short term as well as long term. I, I like your call. I've been an AMD believer since it was in the twos. Um, and even though it's in the 80s at this point in time, of course, it's pulled back all the way from it was close to 160. 
uh, about a year ago or so. So I, I agree that there's definitely still upside in AMD. And uh, I like that call and I'm still in AMD. My, my last thought as I'll close this out tonight is for our listeners, especially if, if the stock market's making you crazy and you can't sleep at night, it's still okay to put some money into U.S. Treasury bonds, especially short term, six months paying over 4%. Um, there's a lot of good returns in the fixed markets coming out. I am generally bullish. I am long. Um, but if if you're having problems sleeping because you can't take the volatility, and I think we're still going to have a little bit of volatility this year, and there'll be a couple events that'll cause the market to pull back. I, I It's hard to say when that's going to happen right now, whether it's the second quarter, the first quarter, or, or later in the year. Uh, but it's okay to put some money into bonds too. Get that good return when you can, and uh, then you come out of them. So Gentlemen, I, I thank you uh, all. I think it was a great uh, conversation today, and um, we will talk to you all soon.